0: All right. So I have a particularly fun podcast today. I have Amy Kaufman on who just wrote the book Bachelor Nation and it's everywhere right now. Everywhere. Um, But it's basically a deep dive into all things Bachelor and I cannot wait to talk. So thanks Amy for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk since I wanted to talk to you for the book. I know
0: it's my bad. I was always like, okay, I feel like I just want to let all of this go, but I know it's already published, but I would love to answer anything that you need. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it can be for your second book. But um yeah I've been I've been going through the book myself and then I was at my friend's house the other day and it was on his bedside table and he was like oh my god I'm loving this book. Um so so we'll just get right into it. Uh you guys have to get this book. You'll learn so much crazy stuff about the bachelor that I didn't even know existed. Like it's making me rethink everything about the show again.
1: Oh my god. Wait, so before we start, I'm curious like what because so many people have said like, oh, was it hard to get people to talk to you? And, you know, yeah. like what, why did some people want to, and some people other didn't want to, what were your hesitations in doing it?
0: You know, for me, like I, the bachelor in ABC absolutely hates me because I have no problem talking about anything ever. And I'm very honest about everything and they don't talk to me for a reason. Um, but for me, it was just like a matter of just kind of wanting to let go of all of it. Like it was something that tore me apart for so long and I just was finally like I don't even want to talk about this anymore do you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah so totally. so yeah that's kind of how my my whole deal went and now I kind of regret not saying anything because but I feel like everyone told you things that I could have told you anyway
1: you know yeah why why do you think that the show hates you do you oh. know that they do?
0: oh I mean I don't hear from them they don't talk to me uh but I, I wouldn't answer them anyway but um yeah, no, like basically Elon didn't send me his book, so we, we are not friends, I guess. <laughs> oh I mean, everyone got that book, girl. <laughs> everyone got it but me. So I think I've got that message loud and clear. But I, I'm curious, how many people either didn't <clears throat> answer your email or didn't want to talk because of the contract?
1: I mean, a n- few people explicitly would say that. Um I think a couple did, but most said a lot of producers said that, but most contestants who didn't want to talk a lot were similar to what you just said. Like I'm like, Brad Womack said. you know, mm-hmm. listen, this was just such a big part of my life for so long. And I finally sort of managed to move on and have a career and like, I don't want to go back down that road. Totally. Um, yeah. Which I respect. Um, so, yeah.
0: I think there's so many people too, who wouldn't talk to you purely because they want to be on ABC's good side. And, you know, exactly. they want to do more shows and they want them to love them. I mean, there was obviously probably a part of you that said, if I publish this, they're never going to talk to me again, right? Well, they already don't talk to me. So, they, so, <laughs> so, so I, I want to know, kind of, before you started writing this, you were kind of like an outcast of ABC.
1: So what exactly happened? I mean, it's confusing because I don't, I, they never explicitly said what I did. So this is all just me sort of piecing things together, okay. but- pretty much for a few years for a few years I was just recapping the show for the LA Times mm-hmm. and then they would invite me to like things that you would have been at so right. you know like the women tell all and then you did what you did interviews afterwards I'm presuming like yeah. so I would have been one of the people interviewing you or whatever mm. that kind of thing yeah and um at one of those events this is what I think could have been it um and I write about this in the book it was the season of Ben Flannick and Courtney Robertson was there and they left the mics on during a conversation in which Alan was talking to Courtney um, about sort of her emotions. And she was saying, you know, I'm not that emotional anymore. It was during a commercial break. And he was like, you have to be like, this is for you and Ben, you know, like basically it seemed like he was coaching her to cry sort of. And so I wrote about that. And then it was shortly afterwards that I was no longer, invited to things. Um, but it was like a public on the record journalist event. So I felt like it was completely within bounds to write about that. Yeah, totally.
0: And I, it's creepy because I can absolutely picture Alon saying something like that. Like I remember so when I got dumped and I was on the island and I was really cold and I just wanted to go home. Like at that point I was so tired and I was like saying in my interviews, like, I'll say whatever you want me to say and I just want to go home. And like it wasn't a but one of the producers came in and gave me a hug and goes, you need to cry like you won't look good if you don't cry. And that's mm. so So those kinds of things, I do remember uh, very well. The whole, like, this is about how you're going to look. And at the time, I didn't know I was going to look like shit anyway. So I was like, okay, sure, fine, and just started crying.
1: <laughs> so you were one of those, like, quote-unquote villains who didn't have a sense of the way that the narrative was being shaped while you were filming?
0: No, I, I really had no idea. I mean, I knew that I was an outcast, and I knew – that things, like, weren't going well for me, but I thought it could go one of two ways because I really, truly felt, like, bullied on the show, and I thought, you know, some people would see it as me just unfortunately being kind of overpowered by a clique, or me looking like a crazy person and there are a lot of people who say you're the best and I still watch it these days and I think the twins were so much meaner to you than you know you ever were. but then there's still a lot of people who think I'm a crazy person So I actually I had I did not go into it wanting to be a villain and um, I, I didn't really know it was happening at the time. I mean obviously now I look back and I'm like, okay yeah and there were a lot of things that I was kind of pushed to do that would push the narrative along and I just didn't know what the narrative was at the time you know what I
1: mean what do you mean how would they push it along like what do you mean
0: well like the you know I didn't really ever say that much to the girls I was a pretty quiet person and the one thing that really annoyed them was that I would um I would grab Ben first Or like I would, you know, ask to talk to him before other people. And I remember at the time my producer would always be like, hey, Ben asked us to ask you if you'll grab him first. And so I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. In hindsight, he probably never cared or even asked for me to grab him first. But that was the thing. I would do that. And then the girls would talk shit about me. And so it kind of like pushed this cycle along of like outcasting me. You know what I mean?
1: Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So when people like so many people the last few weeks have been like, it's all fake, right? It's scripted. Like that's the general public's question. I'm sure you get that all the time. Yeah. And I feel like you could give a good answer in that like, it's not scripted or fake, but it is produced like you were just saying. Like, so when they don't, when girls are asking to steal him for a second, it's always because they were like usually prompted to do that, right? I would say like a majority
0: of the things that I did, they were ideas that were presented to me. And, you know, they present these ideas like, this will go really well for you. Like, I remember uh, the talent show, Me Jumping Out of the Cake, that was a producer who kind of whispered to me, hey, here's a cake, you should jump out of it. And I was like, well, I don't have (laughs) another idea, so this is the best I got, so I did it. So it's, there's no script, there's no like, hey, Olivia, you're going to be the villain and and this is how it's going to go, but... I always say, like, every action causes a reaction. So every single thing in the background, now I, I know that they're probably forming all of these things. And everything that we say, they're saying, hey, you know, Olivia was saying this. We should probably, like, act on this or whatever. And 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 so, yeah, no, I mean, we're never asked to say anything. But, you know, they present the questions to you, and then they say you have to speak in full sentences so, you know, and then they can do what I've learned and you talked in the book and I want you to talk about it because a lot of people don't know what it is, is Frankenbiting, where, mm-hmm. you know, and if you could describe that, because a lot of people don't know what that is. A lot of people.
1: Yeah. And then maybe you can point to an example where you think that happened to you because oh, I'd be yeah. curious. Um, so basically it's like Franken biting is an editing tactic that comes from the word Frankenstein, obviously, yep. like mashing things together. And so they would take a sound bite and Edit it to alter the meaning. So, if someone said, "I really can't see myself marrying Ari," they would change it to make it, "I can really see myself marrying Ari." And then they would not show your lips moving as you were saying that. Instead, it'd be like the B-roll of the ocean, or like you guys are walking on the beach, or whatever. So, it seemed like that was the messaging when it really wasn't. I,
0: I yeah, that's that's yeah. totally it. So so you know, it's hard when you say a lot. Of, I just remember on the um. I didn't watch my season. So when I went into Women Tell All, I was kind of blind. Wait, you still have it? No, I haven't watched oh, anything. Oh, damn. I watched the okay. first episode, and I watched Women Tell All after it aired. But I didn't watch anything in between, which I probably should have because I did feel a little bit unprepared for Women Tell All. But there was this one point where Amanda said, you know, you, you said that, um, that if I were Ben, I would run away because Amanda has kids. And I literally was like, I never said that. I would never say that ever. And so I was curious. I went back and I looked at it and it was totally frank and biting where like I was probably talking about me wanting to run away. And then they pulled a clip of me saying Amanda and then covered it with B-roll of me, you know, rolling my eyes on the couch or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember when she said, you know, you said that I go, there is no effing way I said that. I would never say that. So half of this mm-hmm. stuff, you don't even really, you can't even remember everything that you said. Cause you're in those ITMs, those private interviews for hours at a time. Um,
1: but they were but just, that, I mean, editing in general is your whole narrative is like so indicative of the power of it just because there's someone who talks about, like, if you want to make someone look boring, just use the silences to make it seem really awkward all the time. And, like, with you, if you want to make someone look like they have a weird tick, you show her opening her mouth all the time. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's once you add up, like, all of that footage, it creates a really strong. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's actually
0: like it's amazing. I mean, I, I watch the show still. And part of me just hates that I still watch it. And I definitely over a time have grown to just not even want to watch it anymore. Um, but it sh- I watch it with just such a different eye now because of all the things that I look back and I'm like, wow, this is the point where I got screwed and this is the point where I got screwed. And, and it just, it's, you can't watch it with the same eye. You really can't.
1: It's weird. Did you, while you were going through it, like, the other thing people are always so curious of is like, how could you really see these producers as someone who weren't doing a job, who were, had did not have a job to do and were your right. real confidants? Like, did you feel close to them in the process? I remember
0: coming home and telling my, I trying to like recap everything for my mom, which was impossible, obviously. But I remember one of the first things I said was like, my producer is my best friend. I literally said that she'll, she'll no way. They, oh yeah. Because they were, who was it uh, her name's Caitlin. I was. She was a new producer for me, and then I guess she did so well that she got promoted, and now she's the producer for all of the leads. Um, hmm. So she did real well with me, I guess. But um, I thought she was my best friend in the world, and, and I you know, come to hear that a lot of the girls, when they were in their ITMs and the producers were trying to get them to talk shit about me, Caitlin would say things like, God, isn't she so annoying? Or, like, isn't she the most fucking annoying person ever? And then to me, she would be, like, my best friend ever. So it was just crazy. And I remember, like, after the show aired, I was like, I'm going to be the villain. I would text her all the time. And she would say, no, you're not. It's going to be fine. And then after the entire season, she sent me, I get this this package in the mail. And it's a book about strong women. Or something, and I was like, you fucking bitch, and I just threw it in the trash. We've never spoken wow. ever, and I will never speak to her again. But
1: It cons- makes me sad, girl. Yeah. That makes
0: me sad. I mean, it's weird, and it's just even like lawn You know, I, I, I know that this is their job, and I get it, but I, I ask myself all the time, like, how do they sleep at night? You know what I mean? And there's so many Once people in- who will still be friends with them, and I just can't do it. Like, I can't understand befriending someone who basically manipulated me for a paycheck.
1: You know what I mean? Because they're probably on the other side where they didn't feel like they got that at it. Right. Or like, yeah. So what impression did you get during it that she was, how could you feel like she was your best friend? Well, unfortunately
0: I just, I felt like she had my best interests at heart and I felt like she thought I was a front runner and, and I, you know, she made me feel comfortable talking about my life. And unfortunately, I mean, I feel like a lot of what I said was used, um, you know, to my disadvantage unknowingly, but she just made me feel like, because I felt so alone while I was there, like there was no one who would talk to me. I remember like going into the lunchroom and, you know, I'd sit at a table and all the girls would sit at another table and I would just be sitting there by myself. And I was like this, it was the most lonely I've ever been in my entire life. And so she my producer just, you know, she would sit with me. She would talk to me. She would try to, like, I I mean, she probably didn't care at all. But in in hindsight, I felt like she was my best friend. I felt like she believed in me and and cared about my sanity. But secretly, she was probably just praying for my insanity. You know what I mean?
1: Damn, that's so dark, honestly.
0: (laughs) It's pretty dark. I mean, it is, like, a very dark experience for me, which is probably why I just don't really enjoy... Uh, you yeah. know, talking about it with people anymore is because I'm just like, God, it took me so long to get over the whole thing that I just, you know, I was messed up for a long time after that.
1: <laughs> Wait, so when you went on the show, you were still, um, working for a television channel, right? Well,
0: I had to, I had to quit my job. Um, there were, I was a really late addition to the show and, um, my basically, I, I was a news anchor and they were like, OK, well, we'll just give you a leave of absence. But, you know, at the time, I just I didn't know how far I was going to go, where I was going to go after the show. So I was like my best option, I think, is to just quit. And we amicably decided to to like part ways. There was no you know, because I was under contract and they were so amazing and understanding And unfortunately, because of I think the edit that I got, I couldn't get a news job after the show. Um, And then, you know, to this day, I still
1: haven't gone back. But um, I I was like, so when people do, people say to you like, "What?" Because I mean, there's so many judgmental people that I've encountered who are like, "Just why would you do this?" In general, yeah. Especially someone who actually, I mean, it's rare to have a have a career, real job, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah. what was the upside for you in your mind? I mean, for doing- me,
0: okay. I, I had no intention of ever doing it. I've been watching the show since, you know, middle school, but I never wanted to do it. And, um, you know, I, I would never blame my mom, but she, she really wanted me to kind of get out there and experience life. I'm such a hopeless romantic, and my parents were actually married on Good Morning America. They were oh, the right. first yeah. couple to ever be married on GMA, and she thought, you know, I just think it would be so fun if you – tried this experience and we were all super naive. I mean, my family thought it would be the most fun experience and such a positive thing for me. And, you know, obviously again, in hindsight, it it was horrible. Um, but I, I, I think it was something where I felt a little pressure to do it by my family. And, and this is something we've talked about greatly as a family and it's been a strengthening experience for all of us, but, um, It was honestly so last minute that, I mean, I was cast five days before we started filming. Most people go through months and months of casting, and and I really had no time to even think about it. So they were like, okay, you're going to be great. This is going to be the best experience of your life. And they're rolling out the red carpet, and they're like, you're going to win. And, you know, so I was like, okay, great. Yeah, let's do it. So it was really something where if I had even a month to think about it, there's no way I would have done it. But they loved the concept of like me having a job and the fact that my parents were married on their network and, and all this stuff. (laughs) And, and so, yeah, they, they made it seem like it was going to be this amazing thing. And I didn't know how it was going to be. So I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. You know? (laughs) Hmm. And I thought too, that I could just go back to work afterwards. I had no idea that I would be the most hated person in America for, you know, that time period. And that no, no news stations would want to hire me after that. I had no idea Did that you, was going to happen.
1: When you went up for jobs afterwards, were they like explicit about, oh, you've been on reality show? And so it
0: wasn't even that. I mean, I don't I think a lot of a lot of news stations responded just saying, like, right now you're just a PR nightmare you know, and, and I, we can't They have would you actually
1: be that up front.
0: Yeah. Cause I, you know, I, I would, you Google me and it was a hot mess. Google was horrible at the time. Um, and so they would, I would send my reel and they'd say, you're really good, but we Googled you and, you know, we just can't have the villain being our news anchor. It just doesn't work that way. And I would say, okay, I get it. I mean, I, I can't, I understand news. It's really hard to get into. And then there's so few spots anyway. And I always tried to argue. I was like, well, look, I mean, there's no denying that, yeah, I didn't look great on TV, but people are gonna watch just to watch me, um, right? And, and now it's been you know two two and a half three years, and I just feel like it was it's such a part of my past that I wouldn't even know how to get back into it anymore. But um, yeah, at the time at the time it just it wasn't gonna happen. It no one bit no one bit at my reel. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was it was
1: rough. <laughs> well now you have this this is your own form of broadcasting. I yeah, know
0: and I'm I'm experiencing other fun things that you know, I didn't do the show to to advance in my career and in many ways I haven't it really advanced at all. But I it has introduced me to other forms of journalism that I never even knew about. You know, I love podcasting. I'm starting to get into radio too, like full time. So so I'm like I'm grateful now. Um, and it has been really cool that I think I've naturally redeemed myself without having to do another show because I, I did not want to do another show ever. <laughs> not at all. Did they try to get you to go
1: on a spinoff?
0: Yeah. They've tried to get me on paradise twice. They tried obviously really, really hard, like directly after the bachelor and, right. and they had every producer imaginable on me trying to, to get me and I just wasn't having it at all. Um, because to me there's no incentive. There's no incentive for them to make me look good. And for me like I didn't want my life to become, you know, being a reality TV star. I just didn't want that. That's not why I did the show. And uh yeah, they tried again for Paradise last last uh the the uh time when the scandal happened or whatever, but I just was like, no, I'm t- I'm too far gone. You can just drop me
1: it's all good they obviously don't hate you that much if they still would put you on their show uh you know i
0: i i think it's grown into a, a hatred just because i talk about how much i don't like them and um <laughs> <laughs> i'm not afraid to say it like i i'm not someone who wants to be on their good side i really don't care so you know
1: did you like re i mean looking at the contract really freaked me out yeah did you was there any hesitance when you like read the intensity of it or I no i mean yeah, the
0: contract itself and and you guys got to read we'll we'll get into kind of the details in the book but um the contract was super long, you saw it. Um a lot of it and I had my my family, we had a like a reading session where we looked over it and we sent it to um our lawyer friend, our family friend and he was like this is super intense but this is like a standard reality TV contract. But for me the the scariest part was just Basically, the anything you'd say and do can be used against you thing that, you know, if you're if you do something embarrassing, we can air it. And if you are naked, we can air it. And uh, just the concept of kind of 24-7 being watched. It felt like a big brother kind of situation. And it was a little freaky. I'm not going to lie. It was it was it was hard. And And then, of course, the length of the contract, too, that it was, you know, one year past the end of your season. So I was like, God, this is a long contract, you know, but I I kind of ignored it from the beginning. They said to ask the PR team if you can do interviews. And I never did. I just did them anyway. So I was I was not following the contract from the get go, basically.
1: (laughs) So you just kind of thought all the stuff, the language that says, like, we can embarrass you and we can like ridicule, ridicule you, ridicule you (laughs) wouldn't apply to you.
0: I mean, I, I knew it would apply to me, and, and they did, and I, you know, that's what I signed up for, and I, you know, my lawyer was like, if you really want to do this, like, this is, if you did any reality show, this would probably be in there, because they'll r- ridicule in whatever way, but I thought I was tough, I thought I was, you know, stronger, and that I would would not be subject to, you know, their no. manipulation, and it turns out I was probably manipulated more than anyone, so... <laughs> I I thought I was I thought I was like better, you know, as a, a TV producer already. I was I mean, you know, in a different way. I was like, "Oh, I'll I'll be able to outsmart all of this." And it I wasn't. So, it was crazy. <laughs> oh my god. All right, you guys, I've been working out real hard lately, and I can tell the difference. I can feel like an ab or two. My booty is growing a little bit. I'm proudly wearing those crop tops, and apparently y'all can tell too because I've been getting a ton of DMs about my workout regimen. So here's my answer for all you guys, just to get it out there. I use Beachbody On Demand, and it is the best. Beachbody On Demand is an easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to a wide variety of effective workouts that you can do from the comfort of your living room, and you can do it 24-7. It's the company behind P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, T25, Brazil Butt Lift, Pio, three-week yoga retreat, and more. I'm getting motivated by the best celebrity super trainers out there like Sean T, Tony Horton, and Autumn Calabrese. There's hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels, and they range from bodybuilding training to cardio, high intensity yoga, even dance workouts if you're into those. My favorite right now is T25 with Sean T. I work out five days a week in my living room, and I'm getting an hour of work per day in just 25 minutes. It's, by the way, a pretty tough 25 minutes but boy it is worth it and I'd love for you guys to try it too I just posted an Instagram photo the other day and I could not believe that you guys my butt looked like that and it all fits into my schedule it'll fit yours too there's workouts for as short as 10 minutes that don't require extra equipment seriously in the time it could take you to drive to the gym you could be finished working out Think about it. So whether you want to view your workout on your computer, your web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Whatever you got, Beachbody On Demand can be accessed anywhere. I really want you guys to try this service because it's so convenient for our busy lives. We can make our goals happen, and we can do it in the comforts of our own home, even, I don't know, on the road, at a hotel gym. So right now, my listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text Olivia to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform totally free. That means all the workouts, the nutrition information, the support free. Okay. So text Olivia to thirty 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 and get in shape with me. But anyway, I want to get into a couple of the crazy revelations in the book that I didn't even know about. So, so, okay. so how long have you been working on this basically?
1: Let's see. Um, I started like seeing if it would be feasible to actually report a book about this, aka like how many people would talk to me. Right. In fall two thousand fifteen. And that was when I sort of reached out to some of the like original producers right. and and some, you know, bachelor contestants I was still friendly with. And when I realized, you know, I got like seven or eight interviews, I was like, Okay, I'm gonna put together a book proposal and sold it in early two thousand sixteen and then it took me about a year probably from there. It's amazing.
0: And I mean,
1: you really did talk to a
0: lot of how how many contestants total and producers and all that.
1: There's like around 60 interviews in the book, but some of those people are like sociologists and stuff. But yeah, a fair number, you know, because it's like, well, you can speak to this. I think you just said, you know, the contract goes for a year afterwards, but Mm -hmm. that's sort of about like. It's unclear what that's about. And then there's some language that means it, it seems like it could go in perpetuity. It's like yep. not extremely specific. Yeah. I mean, my the
0: lawyer did say like some of this is very vague. It's it's very strange. Like the and and we it's weird because we signed this contract, but you know, they would say you you can't do any press without the PR team's consent. But, like, we didn't, never knew who the PR team was. And if we did, they never answered emails or, like, consent emails. And so I was just kind of like, okay, well, screw it. Then I'm just going to do it myself. Like, wh- who who are these people? So there was just a lot of stuff that was really vague. And, you know, yeah, we did, uh, which is in the book, we talked to a private investigator. Um, mm mm-hmm before filming. And they say, basically, is there anything that we, you know, bad in your life that we can beat you to? Um, and you know, for me, I was like, no, but I didn't know that, you know, magazines can print lies and all this stuff. So it was just all, (laughs) it was crazy. I was not expecting anything to the effect of what it was. You know what I mean? Hmm.
1: What was your experience like with the psychologist? Oh, the psychologist. I, I
0: really liked her um, Dr. Selden, is that who you're referring to? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if she, got, she... I
1: think she doesn't work there anymore, I don't actually. think
0: she works there anymore either. But I, I really liked her, and she was the one person where I, too, questioned, how do you even work for these people? Um, and in, in hindsight, there's a lot of things where I wonder whether I got really personal with her, and then she shared the things with the producers that might make me tick. And I, I'll never know the truth to that, um, and that might be just me being a psychopath. Um, but I remember for Paradise the second time around when they asked me, I did fly out to LA, and I did test again. And she, when I walked in the room, she looked at me and goes, "Why are you here?" And that's what? When, yeah. And oh I, my god! And that's when I was like, "Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm I shouldn't do this." <laughs> so, but it was good to see her again, and she. I don't know if she actually remembered anything about me, but she acted like she did. And, and you know, she... Why do you think she said that? Because I, I think she knew that it would, it wasn't going to work out in my favor. Um, and I kind of knew. And the way that I looked, I, I knew what she meant by that. And I was like, you're totally right. And I shouldn't be here. So we ended up just catching up for like an hour. And then I never heard from the production ever again. They actually ghosted me. So... I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. But I liked her. I don't think she works there anymore. Um but she always seemed really nice to me, at least. I don't really know the truth to did her. Did you
1: ever like you guys are only required in the casting process and then when you exit, right? Like so did you ever use her during I did. The there, she yeah. is
0: around and the producers will come around and say, Hey, does anyone want to talk to Dr. Selden? And I was so messed up and so lonely that I, I was like, yes, me, I need to talk to her. So there was, I think, two occasions during filming where I did go to her hotel room and talk to her. Um, and she would, I would, you know, she'd say, so you're not getting along with the women. And I would say, yeah, I'm really overwhelmed and really lonely. And we would just talk for a while and, uh, you know, but yeah, eg- the exit, um, we say, you know, we talked to her, and then after women tell all, after filming, she—I don't know if she talked to everyone, but we did have a conversation after that, just kind of um, recapping everything. And she was like talking about being in the hot seat, and and are you doing okay? And kind of just all right. Let this let this go. Like move on with your life. You're talented. You'll move on from this. Um, mm-hmm. So so yeah. And I did call her. Do you think that
1: was an adequate amount of like support?
0: psychologically I do I do experience. think it was. I mean, I think without her I literally would have gone insane. I do. Um there was wow. something about her that did keep I there were times where I wanted to talk to her and she wasn't around and I was like, oh, this is killing me." Um and then I also during during the wait time from filming to when it aired, we all had her number and I did call her several times and she was she always picked up and was super helpful. So I I did really like her, but, you know, I'm all, you know, I'm a psycho. I think, was she just using everything that I gave her and telling it to other people to leverage it against me? I I still don't know the answer to that. I never will. (laughs) So That's
1: scary. Yeah, I I was unclear on that too. I mean, I have to think that. Although the fact that she said that to you makes me think she must have been somewhat independent from the production, right? Or else?
0: You know, I really don't know. I just, I remember I walked in and I sat down and she said to me, quite honestly, I cannot believe you're sitting in front of me right now. I thought you would never come back to this. And I was like, I never thought I would either. I really don't know what the hell I'm doing here. And she goes, why are you here? And I said, mm. you're so right. <laughs> Let's just catch up. And then I'm leaving. So yeah, so it was it was a it was a mess. And that was the last time I've had anything to do with it was right before the scandal the scandal season of paradise was that right.
1: So um, luckily you were not a part of that anyway. No,
0: thank goodness. And I really didn't even want to be, I don't even know why I went out there, but it was just kind of, I'll try. And, and my friend Jubilee from my season, she was like, I'm going out to test. So let's just do it. And we ended up just getting drunk by the pool together after everything was over. And so I got to hang out with some friends at, at testing and they, you know, obviously gave, put me in the hotel for free. So I was Okay with going on vacation on their dime. <laughs> right. But,
1: what, yeah. what ended up like unfolding on the show that season on paradise, were you surprised by that hearing about that kind of behavior or were you like, no, that's, that seems in line with my experience.
0: I mean, the only reason I was s- surprised by it necessarily was just because I was always so nervous to even like kiss Ben on camera So, I was just sitting here thinking, God, whatever happened, like, I could never have a sexual experience on camera. Like, that's crazy. So, for me, um, that was just alarming. Um, And then the other thing for me was the the producer, um, and this isn't even, I think, the same situation, but the producer who filed a lawsuit because of like the sexual uh, talk on on the set, Becky. Yeah. I remember her. She was she was a newbie when our season was around, and I was always thinking, this girl is way too sweet to be a producer. She is so kind and has the softest little voice and was actually a really good person. So I was always thinking, you know, so when that whole thing came out, I was not surprised at all that it was Becky at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were the two, like, surprising things around. But But as far as, like... Always Did would, you see anyone get, like, as drunk as they, I guess, were There was described to be? <laughs> no one, no one. I was sober on the show, so um, so I didn't drink at all. But, um, I mean, girls got drunk. Like, there were a couple times where, you know, like, their eyes got bloodshot, and I was like, okay, they're, they're pretty drunk. But there was no one who got so – but it was also different. Like, I feel like Paradise and Bachelor are very different. Like, Paradise yeah, is totally. more of a hookup culture – Whereas like the girl, the girls on the bachelor, you're, you're just trying to spend time with him. And if you're lucky to get one little kiss in, you know, so it's, it's a totally different vibe. I feel like, you know what I mean? But as far as like pumping us with alcohol, it was always there and it was always available, but I was sober. So, and I didn't have a hard time being sober
1: that's I was I was wondering if they because people are like would they let someone not drink because I don't drink either so they just they left you alone with that though
0: yeah I mean I told them from the get-go I am not drinking here and I'm sure they were like ugh you know whatever but but you know they never pushed me to drink as I say like when you go in the limo to drive to your date there's bottles of champagne and there's Tito's and there's everything you could ever want but they're not you know pouring a drink saying here here you go right but they did like you know, to, to, they would pour me a champagne for the toast and then I just wouldn't have a sip. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. so in that respect, I was never forced to do the one thing you'll say is you're not forced to do anything. You're just, you're invited to do things that you can say no to, but they make it really, um, they make a really compelling argument for why you should.
1: Right. And I mean so that's, that's what, what I've been trying is. like just based on all of the interviews I did. That was really exactly what you're saying. I think, you know, yeah. It, none nothing is there are no lines given to you. You're not having shots poured down your throat, but yeah. you're in such an environment that we cannot comprehend like how your emotional state would be <laughs> yeah. and like what it's like that like you're doing things that just don't seem rational to like because you've never been in that situation. Like yeah. can you describe do you feel like I mean, I don't know how far you're through the book, but did the ITM seem accurate to you? Like when, um, what's his name? Uh, Chris Bukowski was like, it's kind of like a police interrogation. Like what were they like for you? I mean, the ITMs are so funny because, you know, when,
0: when you start filming or after the first night, Alon sits down with you and he says, okay, like these ITMs, these are like your therapy sessions, like feel free to give it your all in these ITMs. It's just you and your producer. So they make it feel like it's like a, a trust. It's almost like an interview with Dr. Seldon kind of situation where it's, mm-hmm. it's your time to, to give it your all. And, and so that's that's your time, the, literally the only time that you're away from everyone and you can just like calm the fuck down. And, and But then in the end, you know, they're kind of using what you say against you. But you walk into a room and it's really dark and all they have is, you know, candles for the background. But it's just your producer sitting opposite you at the camera and then you in your chair. And there's a bunch of audio guys, but you don't know who those people are. And they're just making, oh, you're shiny or, oh, you know, talk louder or something. But it feel it feels like it's very, it's a very serious interrogation almost. Yeah, it's, it's very dark and they say, okay, we're rolling. And then the producer just starts asking you questions. Like, so how are you feeling about Ben? Do you think Ben is your husband? Um, and all this stuff. Or what, it, what do you think of what Jubilee said this afternoon? Like, wh- what's your opinion on that? So, so yeah, it, it's they're, they're, tr- they're pushing you to give... They're pushing you to talk about people. They're pushing you to comment on what's going on in the house. And then you know, obviously, whatever you say is is Franken bitten or whatever, and um, it's it's. it's Did you a mess. feel like
1: there were moments where you maybe like exaggerated the extent of your feelings or something just because you were like over it? Oh
0: my god, a ton. There were, I mean, there were times where, um, they were pushing. Like, there were several times where I was like, God, you know, I just really feel like Ben doesn't like me. Like, I know what it's like when a guy doesn't like me, and I just think he doesn't like me. And they would say, <laughs> no, Ben really likes you. Like, talk about your feelings for Ben. And I'd be like, I don't even know what feelings I have for Ben. We've spent five minutes together, and he doesn't even look at me. Like, so so it's very I, – I, I call it, like, a social experiment. No one knows – what you go through on this show, unless you've done it. It, it. It's the, it's your brain is powered to think about this person so much that if like, you ran into him in real life, you might not even look at him. He, he you wouldn't even get along in the real world or, or for whatever reason, you, you're just convincing yourself. This is the person for me because you're powered to just think about this person 24-7. You know, they don't want to get footage of you talking about how much you love french fries and how much you love chicken fingers. I mean, your first, <laughs> your first date, you're literally, your first question to Ben is like, do you want children? Because that's the footage they want. And, and I just remember there were a couple times where like, late, late in the show, Ben and I just didn't really have any chemistry. And we'd just be talking and then the producer would come out and say, can you guys make out? And I, we'd say, what? okay, sure. Yeah. We were asked to make out like once or twice just because,
1: and then he would just go in and kiss you. Yeah. Were you like, this is beyond That's that's that. that was
0: a moment where I was like, oh, okay, I feel like this is it's, it's not going to be me, you know? Cause I, it's just like they want what they want. And, um, And at that moment, I knew, like, oh, okay, if Ben is being asked to kiss me, then it's not there.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm okay. Another thing that people always ask me, and I feel like I just want contestants to be able to answer this is like, you're super pretty. You had a really great job. Yeah. You obviously were not hurting for, I mean, you could get a guy, right? Everyone always says that. So, like, why willingly have to compete for one when you don't have to?
0: For me, I think it was
1: a situation where
0: um, where I was a news anchor. I lived in a really small town of like six thousand and there weren't really many dating opportunities. And I was heading into a career. Um, you know, I don't there's been a couple news anchors on the show, but it's a tough career. You're moving every three years. It's hard to have a social life. So So when I was an anchor, I, I didn't do a lot of dating. I didn't have time for it. I was kind of already a public figure as it was. So for me, I think it was just an opportunity to meet to meet someone, and um, I had not really dated a lot since my college relationship, and I was just trying something new. I actually, I do have a hard time. I still do, even worse now. I've never had good luck with men. Um, I haven't had a boyfriend in like five years. So, so the opportunity to date someone was honestly just attractive to me and, and a little bit to get out of that city that I was in, I was in a city that was just so small. And, uh, so that was my thing. And it's obviously worked negatively. I feel because now it's just even harder to meet men. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like miserable, but yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to describe
1: too. Like, I feel like Yeah. I think you're friendly with James, James Taylor, who's been open about like how many women threw themselves at him afterwards. And I think it's so crazy that how men experience sort of dating after the bachelor versus women. Well, I think there must be some guys who like you because of that or like, but for me, me. that's
0: the biggest turnoff ever. Like I was just dating a guy who never watched the show has, you know, 600 followers on Instagram for me, if a guy goes up to me at a bar and mentions anything about The Bachelor, I walk away. I'm not right. into it. So, you know, for a lot of the guys, I feel like a lot of guys on this show like they're down to date fans and they love going to these events and meeting these girls and and that's great. Um, but like that's not why I did it. And I have been working very hard to just meet a normal person who has no idea anything about what I did. And I'm happy to explain it obviously, but you know, I, yeah, I've gone on dates and on, even on Bumble, sometimes my messages are like, is your mouth really that big? And I'm like, this oh, is God. just the worst. You know, I just, it's totally different for men and women, I feel. And there are women who, who probably love, you know, meeting fans and maybe dating fans or dating famous people or dating people from the franchise. I'm just not interested in that at all. Not at right. all. <laughs> I would rather I would rather be alone forever than end up with someone from the franchise myself that just sounds awful
1: well and, never say never right I mean
0: yeah I mean I've dated I've dated people from the show and it's just it's not Who? good uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> I dated uh Michael G briefly oh my god I think yeah. he's so sweet he's I mean we we had a we had a good friendship um but yeah it just it didn't work out and then I briefly not even dated but like saw Derek for a second. Um, but yeah, that was it. They're similar.
1: I see your type. Yeah.
0: Michael G (laughs) is great. Uh, We, we lived in New York at the same time. Um, and you know, dated for a while. It was about like a year on and off. We were seeing each other and it just didn't pan out. Um, and he would admit he's a neurotic psycho dater. So (laughs) (laughs) it was never meant to work at all. But You're meant to
1: find your Nashville man. I just, eventually.
0: well, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Nashville a lot. Um, dating here is pretty tough, but I feel like it's just tough everywhere or I just, I'm impossibly uh, stunted in the dating world, but. <laughs>
1: just don't move to LA. It's like even worse.
0: Oh, God, I would never. That is the one place I will never, ever, ever move. Okay. But I wanted to ask you, there. so you you learned a couple things and put these things in the book that I didn't even know were a thing. And the one was the revelation That producers keep track of our menstrual cycles.
1: Okay, this I don't, I feel like it doesn't still happen, and I really hope it doesn't. Okay. But yeah, the guy, um, Ben Hatta, who has worked on the show in like the first few years, um, said that they would keep track of the women's periods because you guys would like sync up being in the house together, traveling together. And then schedule ITMs around when. Well, the that's TLS so funny thing.
0: that you put that in there. And I, I, the reason I mentioned that is because I remember the the date on on Ben's season on my season, where the smell date or that we were wearing all white and um, he had to smell like our neck or whatever. I don't know if you remember. Oh my that. god, that was so.
1: Funny. Yeah, I don't know if you remember
0: that date, but ironically, every single girl on that date was on their period and we <gasps> were all freaking out because of course we're like they of course made us wear white spandex when we're all bleeding and they you know they he's having to smell our midsection and so Do you think they knew? I don't know, but when I read that I was like wow, that's really interesting that all I think there were not eight people on that date, all of us were on our period. Every single one of us. And then of course they put us in white shorts. So, like that's all we were talking about. All the girls the entire time were like, oh my God, like why does he have to smell us right now? Like, I'm literally on my period. This is awful. So that was just an interesting tidbit for me that I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So that
1: makes me feel like maybe it isn't a thing of maybe maybe it
0: is. That's just but yeah, that's something you found out. And then the other thing is that the producers categorize us with the craziest names. Like I was probably (laughs) the bitch.
1: I mean, who knows? Like, yeah, I mean, some of the, again, unfortunately, because like so many people have been on the show for the last few years, yeah. you know, they were not letting me in the current regime. Right. But, you know, um, I found like from Jesse Palmer season, just these documents, these binders full of like basically dossiers of um, marked up notes. It looked like basically your, maybe your pre-interview, like your casting interview or your um an itm Mm -hmm. where they had marked up notes and like circled certain quotes and be like get more on this like this will make her cry like oh my god she like is such a like sorority chick like you know like they were just making fun of people essentially and then it was clear you could see where they were gonna throw someone into a certain character type wow
0: this is all there's i mean there's so many things that I will always wonder about from the other end. And it's partially because I'm a, I'm a big fan of unreal and yeah. partially just because I'm so curious, you know what I mean? Like as far as um, the dates, you know, they, they always kind of would say, Oh yeah, Ben planned this date. And I was always sitting there thinking Ben didn't plan this date. Why would they even
1: say that? I don't like, know. no dude, <laughs> Ben did not plan I mean, maybe this date throughout his, like, yeah, I like golf or I like you know, if if we could go in a helicopter to so- and so that would be cool. but he's not like, Olivia loves this. So let me lay this out.
0: <laughs> Did you ever learn, by the way, this is just me wanting to know. Do they have any say in who they're bringing on the date?
1: I think you know, like in the beginning, they'll probably say, you know, Ben will be like, oh, I like I like these five women. Mm-hmm. um, these are the ones I'd like to consider taking on my first my first date and then the producer like guides them from there. Got it. That's interesting. Cause
0: yeah, I mean, I was, I, I'm good friends with, uh, with reality, Steve, Steve Carbone. And he was, I was the one, I was the first, only, I think first impression rose winner who's never gotten a one-on-one. Um, and so I was, yeah. So I was always wondering kind of what went into, the choice of of dates like how I got so far and just never got a one-on-one you know what I mean
1: Huh? just weird it is weird yeah and, and then and then that when you saw the two-on-one thing were you just like oh, I'm screwed. oh I, I knew it was coming but I also thought
0: there's no way I'll go home before
1: Emily wait who who was the other person Oh, it was Emily Emily
0: the, the one of the twins and i just i f- oh my God. and it was fundamentally not even because of of what whatever i thought about her but i just like had more time with him at that point than she had had and so i was like okay well i i feel like at least i have an advantage in that you know we've spent at least an hour together <laughs> uh and not you know anything but we go out on the two on one and Of course, they make the date look like it was an all-day thing, but the whole thing was literally an hour. He talked to me for 10 minutes. He talked to her for 10 minutes, you know, gave her the rose, and it was over in like an hour.
1: Um, Have you talked – I'm sure you've told the story of how long you were actually – um, stranded there stranded. Or whatever
0: yeah. People still make the joke All the time And I love to like Perpetuate the joke And I'll say Yeah I'm still out there Help me Save me um, <laughs> But no I mean I had to watch The two of them Get on their yacht Their yacht pulls up And, and they get on the yacht and, and then you know They had to film All of the helicopter stuff Of me And I did have producers On tons of producers On the beach with me So that you know they Of course they made it look like I was all alone out there But there was at least Ten other people On the island with me Um, and then this like little tugboat pulls up a couple minutes later, I had to do like my exit interview and and all that. So of course that takes a couple minutes, but yeah, then my tugboat pulls up and takes me back to shore. And yeah, it was, it was, I was only out there with by myself, quote unquote, for like another 15 minutes. And then I was back on the land,
1: back on the land. They wanted to just mortify
0: you as much as possible. They really did. They went in. They went in on me and I don't know why I, I'm still, they were brutal. They were really brutal on me. <laughs> I can't
1: to this when day. you were saying like, do you think, um, you were talking about like sitting alone at lunch and stuff. And that was just making me think about the whole bubble idea and whatever. Like, do you, what were you thinking about all day? I mean, were <sighs> you, because the lack of stimulation was one of the things that really added up to me. It was so boring. It was the
0: most boring thing I've ever done. Yeah, I mean that's the funny misconception is people think that it's like when you we're traveling and it's so fun, but I mean we're stuck in a hotel room all day every day. It's not like we go to Mexico City and we just get to walk around the city and travel. Like it's not like that at all. Um so you know the entire day um, you paint your nails one color and then halfway through the day, you're like, Oh, you know what? I don't like that color. You take the nail polish off, you <laughs> paint it a different color. Um, or, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you spend a lot of time doing face masks and doing like self tanner. Cause you know, we don't get to leave the house and get our nails done or, you know, go get a tan. So everything is at home self. Um, we played a ton of cards against humanity. I, b- I think we basically memorized, um, every answer. So I can't even play that game anymore, which is the same. Cause I really liked it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean like you're doing ITMs for like two hours a day, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're spending all of your time finding something to do, anything to do. Um, there was one day in Mexico city, it was after the kind of blow up fight that one night, um, they did give all of the girls an opportunity to go shopping, but I just did not want to go to the mall with everyone after that big fight. So I did have a spa day at the hotel, and it was very nice. Uh, and got mm. to order room service, and it was great. But, I mean, you're bored. You're bored as shit. Yeah, it's super boring. It's
1: like the most
0: boring experience ever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like the amount you were thinking about, Ben, was way more than you would have thought about someone else you were dating in an early stage? Oh, a
0: hundred percent. I mean, I, I was on the show. I was at filming for about a month and I was with Ben alone for probably an hour and a half. And, you know, I mean, he didn't know anything about me. We didn't have an opportunity to get to know each other in any way, but for whatever reason, because you're stuck in this room and the whole day you're thinking about You know, and you're being prodded. What do you think of your relationship? And, oh, my gosh, he's on a date with this person. What do you think about that? It's you just you think about this person to the death where, like, uh, if I was with Ben, I mean, the minute I got dumped, I literally was just like, oh, yeah. Because, like, Ben and I would have never worked um, ever. And it's – I always make a joke that, like, the person in the end that gets engaged, like, you're basically dating engaged because you still don't know anything about the person. Barely anything, you know? So –
1: Which is why it's so hard to make these things work because of just the odds of of taking that leap of faith based on what Juan Pablo said was, what, like 40 hours of being with someone.
0: Yeah, it was – I I mean, I – I never even had a one-on-one, but I I assume maybe having a one-on-one is better just because you at least get to spend the day together. But like group dates, you there's zero chance of, of getting to know him at all. You're just hoping that he looks at you, makes eye contact with you.
1: Um, and then do you feel like, do people say to you, like, how could you like, you're a feminist. How could you have done this?
0: People, people don't really ask me that, but it's something that's hard for me now. Um, to even like I watch sometimes and I just think like, why do we do stuff like this? You know, like why, why are women,
1: but, and why do we watch it? And why why do I watch it?
0: it? It's something I ask myself all the time. I mean, I have two friends who are super feminists and they have a feminist take on this show and they, you know, literally make fun of it, but they're also so obsessed with it. And, and I watched this show literally as an escape. I, I, which is the same thing that I did before the show. It's entertainment. Like I would never take this show seriously. I would never go to someone that you did. <laughs> I did, but like, I would never, as a fan, I never followed any of these people on social media. I never commented on their stuff and said, you're a horrible person. I just used it as a laugh or a giggle and and I watched it with my mom and always thought it was so funny and hee hee. but I never took it seriously. So that was the most alarming part for me upon doing the show was just seeing how seriously people took it, you know, Mm. like it's just, it's, it's something that still is crazy that these people watch this show and they think it's like happening live And it's just it's there's so much production that goes into something like this. And I had no idea about it until I I really did it. You know, you will never know until you've done it. And when people ask me all the time, I want to do the show. I'm like, I'm not the right person to ask because I would I would never let you do something like that ever because I know, you know what I mean?
1: Right. Do you think there is a way to come out like being represented as who you truly are? No,
0: no, no. I think the people who do the best on the show are they're very smart and they're very, you know, they know that the, the the hardest part for me was I wanted to be myself in front of in of Ben because I wanted him to like me from me and then I realized like, holy shit, I was myself and that's not a good thing to do. Um it, it it's just very I think everyone is just on edge. You can't be yourself. You can't talk about the things that you would normally talk about. You know, I would never go on a first date with a guy and ask him if he's ready for marriage. Um, so just fundamentally, like everything moves faster.
1: You're, you're pushed. Why did you ask that? Because you knew the timeline or because someone said you should?
0: Well, I actually never even got to ask it because we never had a moment uh, alone, but I I have to imagine I mean a lot of times the bachelor is leading the conversation so you know he would ask me the one time that we had solo time together we we had about 45 minutes together and it was very I mean he never asked me about the future but it was you know it was like tell me about your life and where you want to go and what your goals are which I loved that moment because it was super normal but it also like barely made it to screen all it showed was us like making out Um, but there was, he never said like, are you ready for marriage? Which is probably a sign that he w- wasn't into me at all. Um, so it's hard for me to answer that because I, I never had that one-on-one dinner where it always gets really serious. <laughs> i never had that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, you're just every, that dating experience and meeting a guy at a bar, are, it's just two freaking different things,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: yeah. so okay. anyway, yeah, it's, it's very goofy. It's very goofy. Here's my problem with sunglasses. Either I get a cheap pair that look terrible on me. Or I pay a whopping $200 for a pair and I feel like I've been ripped off because I overuse them, I scratch them up immediately, and I just kind of regret spending all that money. You know what I mean? So my friends at Movement, that's MVMT, yes, that watch company that I've been talking about, they felt the exact same way that I do about sunnies. So they thought, you know what? We're going to make quality, trendy sunglasses and we're going to do it at a fair price. They're not plastic, they're acetate. You can get them polarized and they start at just $70. What? My go-to shades, I'm gonna be wearing them all summer. I just bought a pair of Aviators, that's my absolute favorite style. And if you wanna know what I got, I got the Runaway shades in black and they're polarized. And I got them for a few summer trips coming up. That includes my 4th of July trip to Seattle. And I'm just saying you guys, they're really sleek, high quality, premium acetate frames. There's no cheap plastic and so many styles to choose from. So there's classic, trendy, round. You got my aviators, mirrored, polarized, and you can get them for him and for her. So you are sure to find the perfect pair. The guys at movement don't just make great watches. You guys, they also make awesome sunglasses and they just released a ton of new styles. And right now you You can get 15% off today. That includes free shipping and free returns. And you just have to go to movement. By the way, that's MVMT.com slash Olivia. You know, movement for how they've revolutionized the watch industry, but now it's time to check out their sunglasses. Okay. So go to movement MVMT.com slash Olivia and make sure to join the movement. Oh, okay. Here's what I want to talk about is the concept that winning this show is actually,
1: like, losing.
0: Do you know what I'm saying by that?
1: Well, (laughs) I mean, there could be many interpretations of that, but the first thing that comes to mind is that the edit of the final couple is almost always, like, working against them. Totally. Especially in the last few years. Like, Ryan and Rachel, obviously Ari and Lauren, um, but that was a weird one, but, you know. And then JoJo, or sorry, even, Jesus, (laughs) even Lauren and Ben. I mean, it was like, you're like, okay, like, when is the last time you really were rooting for the final couple? It's been, it's been a minute. I mean, for
0: me, I'm good friends with Rachel. I've had her on the podcast and I mean, she was just so disappointed in the fact that, you know, none of her relationship with Brian was even shown. And so, you know, that's for me, like, I'm almost glad I was never even in the position of being the one for Ben but like the concept of having all of that pressure you barely even know each other and then all of a sudden there's all these people saying well you guys didn't obviously even talk in Ari and Lauren's situation because they just never showed her talking it just would be so impossible to have to start a new relationship you barely know each other and you're like trying to defend yourself constantly
1: I just don't know it is odd yeah like and I mean the entire thing is set up to... So they say, you know, this is all about finding your soulmate and that's what the show is for. And then, yet, they don't like exactly what you're talking about. They don't necessarily show the highlights of... Right. ...the final person's personality. I wonder personality. why they do that. Because I think, like, in a way, it's like, well, okay, let's... If in Ben and Lauren's situation, she, they only care that we're invested in JoJo because she's the next season. If If we don't care as much about Ben and Lauren off in the world whatever. Right. I guess that's true.
0: Yeah. You're, they're just prepping for the next season. I, for me, I thought they were prepping everyone for Peter and Peter never happened. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. In that situation.
1: I can see you with Peter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I think a lot of people could see themselves with Peter.
1: Probably. That's true. Every girl can see themselves <laughs> with Peter in their head at night. Yeah. I mean, I just,
0: and the shock that he still has not been on another show. He's he's it's a shock to me. I figured he'd be I at least on him. winter games. I kind of do too. I'm kind of into it. If I ever meet him one day, I'll be like mad props, dude. I'm glad you never got on another show. Speaking of, is there anyone that you've met from bachelor nation that like shocked you in person because of just maybe how different they were, or maybe that didn't surprise you that they were exactly how they seemed.
1: Um, well, I, most people, I, I mean, that was the biggest thing I took away from this and I'm sure you get this all the time. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, you're not crazy in person. It's <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Ashley, I, I was the first person I met where I was okay. like, oh, obviously she's not crying all the time. Duh. Like, <laughs> or, you know, um, know I really liked was Claire Crawley. I've never met her. Um, yeah, and she, I think, was the first person who, she really went into detail about the relationship with Juan Pablo and talked about how there were things that she wouldn't have put up with in the real world and the yeah. way she was treated by him. But, you know, she was like, girl, you have to understand, like, I didn't have a, a friend to text and be like, he just said this to me. Is this a deal breaker? She just had the producers being like, well, That's that was fine she, but yeah. like hey, he really loves you or whatever you know yeah. so um I think she, it sounded like she had gained a lot of perspective mm. in the year since this show which I sort of saw reflected on winter games and I don't know she was cool but yeah I, I the whole experience of writing this book just made me be like I need to like reel in the judgments because it's so easy when you're watching with friends yeah and everyone's like she sucks she's, she's the worst I <laughs> right. And you just pile on. But you're like, why am I even saying this? Do I believe this? I
0: mean, sometimes I I don't know. I feel like the only kind of feminist ideal that I'm annoyed by on this show, if you will, is that there's never a concept of, you know what? I don't like this guy. So I'm going to leave. You know
1: what I mean? Well, like, the ra- I mean, Charlene, like our and she's my the best hero,
0: the, the best yes. ever. So we've got Charlene. And I mean, Claire did kind of say like, so glad I'm not ending up with you. But I mean, it's there were so many moments where I was like, Ben doesn't even like me. And I wanted to go, but I never
1: went. And I don't know why. But did you want to go because you didn't feel like he liked you or because he wasn't right for you? I think I just there was a moment where I was
0: there where, you know, the travel wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. And I wasn't having fun. And it's not like he was sitting there being like, Oh, I like you like stay. So I, I literally was saying to producers like, why am I even here anymore? Like, I just need to, I just need to leave. And I didn't, and I don't know why I didn't, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just a weird concept. Well, I think you do know why you
1: didn't because it seemed like I, 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 when I did like a faux interview with the producer, um, when I was doing an interview with him to sort of get a sense of like his line of questioning. Yeah. The first thing he went to was like, you're so boring. You're like, you were so much more interesting in the casting process. He's like, no one's keeping you here. Like you can leave if you want. And that's I was thinking like, yeah, but and you're like, it feels like you are letting someone down maybe, or like this is this opportunity that so many people couldn't have or like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it was also a concept of just,
0: you know, the producer's, Really tried to convince me that like it'll turn around that he does like you but he's just exploring other people and I remember thinking like I mean there's just no way like I don't see it happening and I just podcasted with uh, Bibiana who you know the same thing where she just felt like zero connection to Ari at all to the point where she was like I I don't even understand why I'm here. But, you know, they just kept saying, oh, he'll come around. It'll be like a slow burn, like a Catherine where you you come out at the end or whatever. And it's just it's the weirdest thing. It really is. Well, what did you think of Ben other than him
1: being? I mean, I didn't
0: cute. even know him. Like I thought I literally all I ever saw of him was him. Uh, he he used to laugh hysterically uh, at at Becca Tilly's, one of the funniest people ever. And Becca and Jojo were really good friends. And the three of them would just laugh hysterically all the time. And I remember thinking, God, like, I wish I knew what made Ben laugh, you know, because his laugh is hilarious and he's very funny and very goofy. But I just never got to see that side of him because I never felt comfortable in with him at all. Like there was never even a moment where I felt like I could get to know him. Um, but I, it was more of just things that I saw with other people where I thought, okay, maybe I hope I get to see that one day. And then I was sent home, you know? So it's, Mm -hmm. it's weird. I I didn't even know the guy. I had no idea anything about him. I couldn't name a single thing about him. (laughs) Literally.
1: It's not like objectively when you're thinking back on that, you're like, Oh my God. Totally. I just, It's so odd that you like were told someone was valuable. So you just like bought into it.
0: Totally. And like, I mean, he was always very kind and thoughtful and sweet, but not in a way that ever felt romantic to me. So I don't know why I thought there was a romantic. I I remember like when I got the first impression rose the first night, I knew I was going to get it. Because I knew that we had like an awesome connection that first night. And I I can't even remember what we talked about. It was like a blur. And I felt like I blacked out that entire night. But I knew it was going to happen. And I knew I felt chemistry with him. And then I never felt it again. It just went away. And there, I mean, there was like Mm. a couple moments where I felt like he really liked me. And then he just stopped trying to get to know me. And I just kept hanging on to the, the initial conversations and the initial feelings that I felt not even thinking really about the fact that I just never felt that again, I never did. And when I went home, I wasn't surprised, but I definitely, like, I didn't think I was going to go all the way. And I kind of did at the beginning and and, uh, like I was being pumped with this like confidence and stuff. And then it just disappeared completely. And then it just became like survival (laughs) like literally survival of the fittest. How long can I, can I keep doing this before my brain just explodes?
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's wait. So if I had interviewed you, what is something that like, you think I should have known? Like what, what would you have told me that I didn't know? I mean,
0: I always thought the people always ask like, what are some random behind the scenes things? And I, I mean, there were just things about, like, obviously, like, you don't sleep at all the entire time, which you know that, I'm sure. I'm sure the, the lead yeah. sleeps even less than the contestants do. They're, they get, like, an hour of sleep a night. I always thought it was so weird that we couldn't control the light fixtures in the mansion. Like, the lights were always on, and they had just taken the, the up and down lever so that you couldn't turn them on and off. So we were sleep huh. we were sleeping in the light, so we all had to wear those little masks and then you like slept at- in
1: full light? Yeah.
0: And then at like four oh, AM four that. A. M. or four thirty, I never even remember. Um, the lights were like on a timer or something and they would turn off and we would wake up and the lights were off, but the lights were on and we could not control the fixtures at all. That was weird. <laughs> um I'm just trying to think of I mean, there it was more like situations that um, were edited a different way than they happen, but that's normal. And like, I'm sure you've already heard of all of that. Um, so I'm trying to think of more
1: I, anything that you don't I like know. hearing about your I like hearing about your mindset and stuff because that's so interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I mean I I just I, I just call it a social experiment. I really do. Like the concept that I can watch the guy that I am crushing on make out with another girl, and it's just whatever it's something yeah. that i can never understand how i ever was okay with you know what i mean cuz i'm not someone who could ever like share me a man so like what
1: i don't know why did you then why did you agree to it right like yeah well, I, I think it's because it's the same reason like people want to be with celebrities sort of like yeah. you want if you win the guy then that is a reflection on you that you are somehow special and right like more valuable than totally. everyone else, right? Like
0: And the crazy thing and- is like I the the celebrities who watch this show, like I never even thought that, you know, anyone but me watches this show. And then to see someone like, you know, I think it was on Kimmel or something, Jennifer Aniston said my name and goes, Oh, that crazy villain Olivia. And I was like, What? She <laughs> she knows who what my face is or like I met Hillary Duff at an event and I was freaking out because she was my biggest crush in middle school. And she goes, oh, my God, you're the girl from The Bachelor. And I was like, what the heck? That is so cool. I just, I, there's so many, and, and you had celebs in your book saying, yeah, this yeah. is why, why do they like this show?
1: The same reason we do, you know? It's like, but the I mean, at the end of the day, I'm like, so when you start, you said you started watching it in middle school, right? It was, I, it was about middle school. I'm trying
0: to remember. It's funny because I actually went on a d- couple dates with Jesse Palmer, but I, oh, oh my God, I just did an interview with him
1: yesterday. Oh,
0: did you? Yeah. We went Wait, on a couple he's dates. So hot. He's really cute. Um, we, it's actually, we had, it would had nothing to do with the bachelor. I was walking. Um, I was, was living in New York at the time. I think he still lives there. And I was carrying this massive bag to goodwill and I was like sweating and miserable. And I just crossed him on the street and I was like, Oh my gosh, I watched GMA. There's Jesse Palmer. And I, for- even, f- I didn't watch his season of the bachelor and I, I ended up talking to him and we went on a couple dates and obviously it went nowhere, but, um, I didn't he even watch being it. The bachelor. He right? hated like, it. Hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, we, I finally go, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was on the show too. And he was, like, it was, I was so young, and at the time, it was just, like, it was, like, an infant show. They didn't even know what was going on, really, with the show, and that it would even become what it is now. But he just hated being The Bachelor, and, like, he knew it wasn't going to work for him. We didn't talk about it that much, but it was, that's an interesting little tidbit, too. I forgot about him. Um <laughs> I guess I have dated a few. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch his season, and I don't really know. I'm trying to remember basically the first season that I really remember watching, and I feel like it's like Sean and Kath. Well, Brad Womack, I watched both seasons of his. That's my mom's absolute favorite Bachelor ever. Um, So I remember him. But, yeah, I mean, I've been watching it for a really long
1: time. But when you start, I mean, I guess when you're young, like, I didn't really start taking it more seriously until I was, I would say, college age. Because then I could imagine being the girl in a more realistic way, you know, where it was, like, before, like, the idea of getting married, of course, wasn't as alluring when you're, like, a teenager.
0: Oh, Um, 100%. And, I mean, when I think about it, when I went on the show, I was 23, and I am from the South what? a lot. Yeah, I was 23. Oh, you were a wee babe. Like
1: you I'm were too t- young for that girl. No, I'm
0: And like the twins, I think turned 22 as we were filming. I mean, our season, cause Ben was only 26, I think, or 27. So everyone was a little younger and it didn't seem totally weird. Um, actually, one of my, my good friends from the show, I'm in her wedding this summer. Uh, she went home the first night, but Megan Miller, she had the, the mini horse. Okay. I don't know if you remember her. She she was in her 30s and she was like the first person to go home. She's like, of course, the girl who's 30 gets sent home first. Um, But yeah, everyone was so young and it was just so weird. Like I've always been a lover and a romantic and I do like obviously want to get married. But reasonably, was I ready at that time? Hell if I know. I don't think so. I don't think anyone's really ever willing to admit that. But are we ready at that time? I don't know seems a little goofy I mean no how old are you now I just turned 26 yesterday
1: oh happy birthday thanks so um crazy yeah I mean that seems young to me 23 is like 23 like- I was
0: I was a kid I mean now like I've dated a lot I am ready for a relationship and I can say that because I've dated and because I've done life but at that time I mean I was in my first job out of college I still had only really had one boyfriend. So it's just, it's so goofy and it's like, it sets you up to, oh yeah, you're ready for marriage. You're so ready. um And like, are you, I don't know. I mean, I got off and I was like, okay, I could not imagine actually having a ring on my finger with a guy that I barely know.
1: You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so weird. But do you think that like so many people I think would love, will say that they love to watch the show because of a character like you, like yeah. someone who they turn into an over the top caricature or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, but I think really it's about like the whole fairy tale thing and like how subconsciously sucked into all of that we are just because of the way we were raised hearing right. those kind of stories. Yeah. Like well, I think, think we all, people- we all love
0: happily ever after and we all want to see it, but I just, I guess I'm confused why bachelor fans think that they're going to get that every right, season because they, they never do statistically. Right. <laughs> but they always come back hoping for the he- the the happily ever after but i we haven't gotten one in forever so
1: <laughs> why are I we know, counting I... on this show what do you think the answer is just hope against hope i don't know
0: i just it really i i maybe you should write a follow up book seriously like into the psyche of why this show is the
1: powerhouse that it is i mean i tried to get to that but it's like you know it's hard there's not a a clear black and white answer. And maybe it's really not that deep. Maybe that's the problem is yeah. like, we're trying to make it more like, I think obviously there is some voyeuristic part of it that like people are exhibiting behavior that like is sometimes the most vulnerable or maybe the most like despicable parts of ourself that we <laughs> like to watch. It's true. Um And then I think, yeah, the fairy tale thing that yeah. you can't like underestimate how much we've wanted like that princess, stupid narrative yeah. to play out in our own lives even though like it seems irrational that wait this is a question for you yeah did were there a lot of women who you met on the show who you felt like were representative of your friends in the outside world like or did it feel like who are these women who are willing to like just give up their jobs and like get married and... yeah
0: um for me I think a lot of the women I did get a I, it was true Olivia form every single girl that went home the first night I got along with really well. Like I, we were hanging out the whole night. We still talk all the time. Yeah. I'm in Megan's wedding in a couple months. Like I loved a lot of the girls early on. And I think that's when I started feeling kind of down is he kept getting rid of the girls that I felt like I would be friends with in the, in the real world. And I mean, Mm. maybe it was just that a lot of the girls were kind of really on their best behavior and they were, just trying to cater to to getting a good edit, and so maybe they weren't showing their truest selves. But I just felt super lonely, and I felt like I didn't relate to anyone. And and I, no one was like making me, la- me laugh or trying to get to know me. And I was having trouble relating to the other women. And I was just like, What are what the they deal? talking about? Like, what was the it? Was just then? like. I, I didn't say this super eloquently and I got made fun of for it, but like, I'm just not a super girly girl. I, um, and I, I wish I was like my mom all the time is like, I wish you didn't dress like such a boy and you didn't, you cared a little bit about your appearance but it was more, it's not that the women were super girly girls, but that that was what everyone was doing and bonding over, you know, the, the face masks and the, the, you know, the spray tans and and that, that's super fun. And I wish that I could get into that, but it was just so hard for me to, to get into that. And I I knew I should have ever
1: more like substantive conversations about like what you were looking for out of life or like,
0: I mean, I'm sure there were, and I'm sure that the girls were talking about that. And maybe it was just a concept of like, I felt so alone and I felt like I would walk into a room and everyone would just be silent. And so it was hard for me to even, um, have conversations with people because I just felt like no one wanted me there and no one wanted me in the room. And actually there was one night where Becca, of course it didn't air, but she was super sweet and she pulled me aside and she's like, I feel like everyone has kind of coupled off and found their BFF and you haven't found one. And like, I just want you to know that we do care about you. And cause it literally was a situation where everybody coupled off like Becca and Jojo were best friends. Lauren Himley and Leah Block were best friends. Um, Amanda and Lauren were attached at the hip and Emily was kind of like along with them. Um, Kayla and I were really the, the loners and we kind of got along really well because we were loners. But Um, it was just, it was hard to find substance in a situation that was just so strange. And I remember like there was one point where the Emily, the twin like kind of asked me what my career was. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yay. This is so cool. I'm talking about like something that I care about. Um, And, and maybe I don't even feel like it was a situation where no one had substance, but we were just so brainwashed to talk about the same shit all the time that it was hard to like break that kind of, wall of just Ben and love and like looking good for Ben all the time. So let's just beautify. You know what I mean? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. There was just a lot of pressure and you always wanted to, we were always talking about like, is, is, did Ben make eye contact with you when he came in the room? Oh, he didn't even look at me. Oh, that sucks. So it was just hard. It's, it's, it's not to say that I wouldn't get along with the girls in real life now, but I was just, I just kind of every time someone that I really liked got sent home, I was like, Ugh. you know, <laughs> what, who am right. I going to hang out with? What is
1: happening? This sucks. But you did care like somewhat about beauty stuff, right? Because I read that good interview you did where you went to like a makeup artist before you went uh. on the show to like figure out how to do yeah, it and stuff. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, right before the show, I didn't know what contour was. I shopped at like Walgreens for makeup. And so I did have, I went to someone and I was like, you got to teach me how to do makeup because I, I don't want to, these cameras are unforgiving. And she taught me how to contour. And like the first night I was like, Oh my God, she's so pretty. But then as, as the days went on and the more tired you are, I just cared like less and less and less about makeup. And, and I, I like, I wish that I had tried in the morning and gotten up and put makeup on. Cause in majority of the shots I'm wearing like workout shirts and the same sweatshirt every day, and, uh, you know, my hair always kind of looked and everyone was sharing clothes and they had the
1: cutest clothes. And I just was like, Oh, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> so that's the part of it that I would like, like, I could never get on anyway, based on my looks, but like the way that they can't, like walking in and seeing like the, just the hottest girls, oh I God. feel like I would just be like, I can't, it nope. was the
0: most intimidating. I, I, I was the last person in the mansion um, and I remember walking in and I've never seen so many beautiful women in a room in my entire life ever. Like it was the most intimidating thing I've ever done and everyone's on their best behavior and there's so many names and you're just like, what is going on? And you're not, you haven't slept and, and you've been up for 24 hours almost. And it, it, I mean, everyone was super sweet because no one wanted that first night bad edit. Like Lace got that kind of drunk edit. But she was fine. She was really nice. Everyone was on their best behavior that night. But it was the most intimidating thing of like, holy shit, these are the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And they all would be like perfect for Ben. You just felt like, oh, okay, this girl was gr- would be good for him. And you're sizing yourself up the entire time. And it's just, it's like, a, it kind of destroys your confidence a little bit, you know, in, right. in a way. For
1: me, at least it did. Oh, I mean, do you think ultimately you're going to look back on this as like a, a growing <laughs> thing or like a, why did I do that? Because I remember reading something where you talked about when I mean, we kind of hit on it, like how dark it was yeah. and you said you even were like contemplating suicide. And I was yeah. like, Oh my God. Oh no, and I was, I was
0: suicidal. Um, I was, I mean, I was getting messed. I've had depression my entire life. Um, and you know, when the show was airing, I was getting messages saying I should kill myself and. Um, you know you're not worthy of living and that's the crazy thing about all of this is just how seriously people take this show and how far people are willing to go to like you know take the knife and you know spin it in your gut and uh, it was horrible I cried every day my mom cried every day she felt guilty that she kind of was a driving force behind putting me on the show Um, and you know, I started antidepressants and I was like, I was calling the bachelor people being like, you're paying for my therapy and all this stuff. Cause this is your fault. You did? Yeah. They didn't. And what they but said. No, they didn't. But, uh, <laughs> they made sure Dr. So what- Seldon called me every once in a while to make sure I was still alive. Probably. <laughs> Oh my God! Wow, I can't
1: believe you were as open to say like you are literally responsible for a medical. Yeah,
0: I mean, me and me and Leah Block, I think both had a really hard time, and we would call each other a lot, and and she would, um, she would, she was the one that originally was like, yeah, you got to pay for my my antidepressants and my therapy, and I don't know how the conversation went with them and with her, but you know, she got that pretty bad moment that one night where she told you know lied or whatever, and she got annihilated by people too. Um, and then went back on the show and got annihilated again, basically, uh, on Paradise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for the people, if it doesn't go well for you, it really does not go well. And that's why sometimes it's hard to relate to the people who have these great edits and they're yeah. still hanging out with Elan like it's no big deal. And I'm like, how are you, how can you look at these people?
1: But it's What's totally different with him? We, was he, so he wasn't your producer.
0: No, he, he was like, he wasn't really anyone's producer. He kind of floats or at least he floated, um, on, on our season. He spent a lot more time with Ben. Um, and then he would show up sometime. There was one moment, um, after the Vegas date, I kind of had like a serious breakdown and I was like, I'm going home. And I think they probably, my producer Caitlin texted him and said, we need like bigger guns. She's going to leave. And so Mm. him and Bennett, who was another bigger producer, they both came in and tag teamed me and got me to stay. And I think that was a moment where they were like, oh, shit, we're about to lose our our big gun here. Um, How did they convince you? They just you know, they uh, I was crying and freaking out and they were being there for me and supporting me. And you can't leave. This is so great. And I this is going to be good for you and and all this. I mean, it was a a long moment where I was like, I'm leaving, I'm going home, I don't want to be here. And they had to really kind of calm me down because I had a complete panic attack, like did not want to be there. So that was a moment where, but I had never really done an interview with him. That was just a, that was our first big interview moment. And yeah, I mean, he follows me. I don't follow him. He didn't send me a book. So I guess we're
1: not friends. Why (laughs) do you think... The ca- most of the cast um, really likes them so much.
0: Cause I think every life is better when they like you maybe. I mean, I think yeah. it uh, uh, life is better if ABC treats you well and treats you nicely. And it, if you want to keep doing shows, the, your best bet is to be friends with all of them. I mean, it would be if I randomly woke up one morning and wanted to do a show, I wouldn't even know who to contact. Whereas, you know, someone who's BFFs with Elon can just text him and say, Hey, I want to be on a show. And Alon is like, great. Yeah. Come. So, so I think it's just a matter of people who want to continue this lifestyle and they want to keep doing shows or they want to keep
1: going to movie. But why Alon over like Bennett or like, I mean, you know, Bennett
0: was never, Bennett was more of like a, like a Mike Fleiss where you don't see him. Like, I don't even really know what Bennett's job was. We're like, we all knew Elon was a producer and we knew that he pulled strings. Because of social media? Yeah, and because like, originally the first night of filming when we had this big meeting about how we should share our emotions and here we go, filming is beginning. Elon was the one who gave that speech and the only reason I like even knew who Bennett was was because I had met him at casting and they had come in and like shaken my hand but he was never like in the pr- production mode and same with um he doesn't work for them anymore but uh pete he, Scalatar, yeah. um he is someone that like he tried to reach out to me after filming and i was like don't talk to me and he said please have dinner with me and he did apologize and like we talked and we're friendly really? now yeah we're friendly um, what did he
1: apologize for?
0: He just said, like, I know that was really hard for you. And I know that you got fucked with pretty good. And, uh, you know, I don't work for the show anymore because I was like, I'm not going to have dinner with you if you work for the show. And he was like, no, I don't. So we we got together and it was nice. And we, you know, he was like, I hope you're well. And I'm so sorry about everything that happened. Um, so I do have respect for him and he might have a heart. But he was also, I like him too. yeah, he was also someone who, um, Uh, I felt like was too good too good of a person to to do what he was doing if you know what I mean and I also love his his wife is really great too so Um, but yeah he was not really a producer either he was more of like a hovering kind of probably above the producers if you will you actually don't even really know who everyone is and what their role is. You know, right. Cause they, you just,
1: in a way, actually the cast producers are lower on the rung.
0: I think so. And then like they had, yeah. they had the cast producers and then they had the producers who like would wake you up in the morning. Right. Like, like that's what, producers. that's what Becky yeah. was. Becky was someone who like, unfortunately, you know, if we needed laundry done, she would do it. Or if we needed a wake up call, she would be the one to wake us up. So there was right. just so many different cast cr- or crew members And none of us even really knew like who was who. Like I've never seen Mike Fleiss in my life. I have no idea what he looks like. Um, I just know that he's like the guy and he's like this elusive figure. And I don't think anyone's (laughs) actually met him or maybe they have. I have no idea. You know what I mean? The leads
1: definitely do. The leads do.
0: Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, But no, I've never seen him. And people ask all the time, what's he like? And I'm like,
1: I have no idea.
0: I've heard he's very tall. That's all I know. And I so would how not- did you
1: ultimately like get out of that dark mindset and get back to your life? Really,
0: I mean, it took it took a lot of. Uh, I mean, I went to I went to like three different therapists, and it was a really brutal time. And uh, my move to New York, like for a couple months after the show, I was just so depressed, and I decided like I got to move, I got to find a job, I got to go somewhere. So, yeah, so I I moved to New York, and that helped a lot. I got busy again. Um, and the the podcast, you know, what we're recording, has, like, totally changed my life because it's just given me an opportunity to show people the real side of me, the the real me. And yeah. in turn, it's just, like, totally redeemed me in so many ways. And obviously, there's still millions of people who think I'm a crazy bitch. But for the people who have listened to me and know who I am, like, it's been... It's been incredible kind of changing people's minds. And um, and then, like, removing myself from the situation has been really good, too. Like, I do have friends from the show, but I, I really don't talk to anyone from the show. Um, I watch it for funsies, but, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, I do not desire in any way to be in the clique, if you will. Um, and some people have made a great career. I mean, Ashley I is someone I think of who has taken her whole time on the show and just made a career out of it. And like, good for you. But I just can't do that.
1: (laughs) No. Do you ever do
0: like ads and stuff on your Instagram? I sometimes do. I, I try, I only do like one a month really. Um, but if I do, it's because of my podcast advertisements. Sometimes we add social media deals into them. Um, but I, I don't really, I don't really actively do ads. I just don't really like them. I don't really care. But yeah, I mean, of course, like originally when the show first came out, I was getting hits from everywhere. You know, the sugar bear and the the, you know, sunglasses and the this and the teeth whitener. And I I was getting all those. And the money was was great. And, uh, you know, now I just don't really care. I don't want to people like unfollow me every day now because it's just kind of gone back to like, okay, here's me and my friend and here's me on the mountain. So people don't care about me hiking as much anymore <laughs> as they used to. But yeah, I mean, I, the, the amount of money that some people can make on these advertisements is just outrageous. That is killing the killing game. Killing it. And like, she's yeah. another person I've I mad respect for. Where like, she's, I mean, she's made a brand for herself and she's getting these ads and these deals that like they're cool and they're not the, the shit that I see everyone else doing. I have no problem with, you know, really cool, unique ads. I think she's someone who has just like killed the game and taken her, what she did on the show and leveraged it to be something bigger. Um, so I have, I've, I think she's amazing. And like Amanda Stanton is someone who's done great things with, with her fame and, and Lauren Bushnell with the uh, fashion stuff that she does. So like, I have no judgment for people who take the opportunity. If money comes your way, go for it. I don't care. I'll like all of your ads. I'll comment on them and say, cool. (laughs) I I don't really care. I'm not going to unfollow you for that. (laughs) But a lot of people complain about it. That's for sure. A lot of people. I mean,
1: it's just such a part. I don't even notice it anymore. It's like, I just expect it. Well, if it's done
0: well, that's not annoying. I mean, there's some that like, there was even one I saw yesterday, not going to say by who, but I was like, oh my God, that's the stupidest ad I've ever seen. I should unfollow this person, but I never will, but I won't. (laughs) I never will. I don't care that much. Um, okay. A couple other quick little questions. Uh, how long I get this question all the time. How long do you see this show lasting?
1: At least another five years. Okay. What do you think?
0: I don't, I mean, I think it could go on for as long. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know though, because like, so, re season was their lowest rated ever and that true. was five million viewers true and so but then you know they they ramp up a dramatic finale and everyone it's back up to almost everyone's 80s, yeah so so like to it yeah i mean i don't know just when i count them out they always figure out a way to uh suck people back in it's so but true. yeah i mean i don't know i mean are people gonna eventually get tired of it? I don't know what would switch. I mean, is there cultural feeling of like why are women or men competing for someone? Gonna I feel, feel like if that, if that if
0: that happened, it would have happened by now. If that's something, if it's a situation where people are like, I cannot believe that these women are fighting over a man, should have happened five years ago. Because right, I agree. The only thing I think of is, and they do somehow. You were absolutely right. They find a way to ramp it up, but. It is becoming obvious to me that it's like a same shit, different season kind of situation. You know what I mean? Where like the same thing happened with Crystal that happened with me. We're like out of the gate. She's overconfident, gets the two on one, goes home. You know, like it it seems like the same recipe. It is getting a little bit old for, for me, a little boring, a little stale. But yeah, as you said, they always find a way to make things super exciting. And maybe Ari was just a bad choice on their end. And you know, they've learned their lesson. I'm sure they right. have. Um, cause whenever I mean, they I announced think- that,
1: I was like, God. Oh God. Worst. I know. I don't even find him physically attractive. No. Um, that's one where I'm like, cause those girls clearly thought they were getting Peter. I'm like, yes. why didn't they just, why, why did they go along with this? Crazy.
0: No, I mean, and my, the other issue was I was, I talked to someone about this. I couldn't think of someone that I would have like to see besides Ari as the bachelor like maybe we're just we're why why can't we cast people who aren't models and f- uh fitness guys and not saying those aren't good guys but like I would just love I haven't seen a guy with like a bomb job in a long time
1: I know I totally want them to go back to that old school yeah. like Alex Michelle like you know has some totally not that listen not not I mean, I think The Bachelor has shown you can be like a single dad, or like a Ben, a software salesman who yeah. believes in Jesus. Yeah. You know, just like a nice guy. Uh, that's, and I think that is reflective of like our taste culturally yeah. changing too. Like, it's not just about checking off boxes or whatever. But that's not to say that like we should. The guy should have something to offer, and totally. like totally, you yeah. know.
0: Well, and the so, other thing was like, yeah, sure. I think the issue is. You know, I'm someone who misses the uh, the old school days of The Bachelor, where it seemed like love was at least sort of on the minds of the contestants. But you know, now it just seems like it's just so produced, and it's such a spectacle to where like it's it's not even reasonable to even think like you literally go into a new season saying, "I can't wait to see who the crazy bitch is and what happens and all the drama that goes on." But that's what we watch, and that's what we consume, and maybe we don't want the the love, the cute love stories anymore. We want the crazy drama and the alcoholism and you know, whatever. I mean, I want
1: the love story. If that I wasn't do there, I definitely wouldn't watch the other shit. No. Seriously. Like no. so you know, some people
0: watch it, you know, they love the last couple weeks because like actually the love starts, or they love the first couple episodes right. where they just wanna see the crazy drunk girl and the bitch talking about how great she is and how everyone else sucks. And there's like, yeah, my friends and I describe it as like, we call ourselves first halves <laughs> or second half. Like, and I'm a that's second a perfect <laughs> way. I'm a first yeah. halfer because I can't, as someone who has been through this, I can't even believe the love crap. Cause I'm just like, yeah, okay, I how bet. does that even, you can't even. So I just love the crazy stuff. And I love to think like, what did that producer say to that girl to make her think that
1: she should have done that?
0: Or, you know, like, that's what I like to watch. But either way, Do you we're consuming reach out to
1: people after each. Like, did you reach out to Crystal like or when people go through that? Yeah.
0: So I I didn't necessarily I didn't like reach out to her and say, hey, I'm here for you. But I did. I was looking at her photos and seeing, you know, once again, the horrible shit that people were writing on her pictures. So I was literally just saying, hey, girl, like, I'm so sorry about this social media hate. Um, you're going to get through it. It's awful. You might want to just like turn off your, your Instagram or whatever, but I never spoke to her personally. Um, but it was more like, I always just, if I see it's going really, really badly, I'll just say, Hey, what's up? Like, you don't know me, but if you want to vent about just like how shitty this whole thing is, I'm here and I'm not going to like force myself on you. Um, but, like, no one really did that for me, and I felt like I wanted that. And so I, I – like, and if they never call or they never text, that's totally fine. Like, no big deal. But I, I'd like to offer support in handling the villainism because that's a different beast than anything
1: else in the world,
0: you know? So I did reach out to her, like, not privately, but
1: I did. Yeah. Um, Do you think, like – this is maybe hard to answer, but, I mean, clearly, like, when I look at someone like Crystal – Something was there that it wasn't all coming from producers and the edit. There's yeah. something in it that's truthful. And, like, do you, did you see a part of yourself maybe reflected in it that you felt like you reflected on after the fact? Or you think it was, I mean, completely- for
0: me, it was more of like, I, um, I, I have, I'm very, uh, at the time I've grown a lot into myself, but I'm an insecure person. Um, or i was was back then. And a lot of um, a lot of my kind of seeming overconfident was actually just the fact that I was super insecure. And I'll be mm. the first to admit that. And I learned a lot about that, was like, wow, I really I act like everything is okay. And I remember Ben would say, I, I like to come off as the really strong person. I like to you know, be independent and not be like, needing someone for help or for anything and so when Ben would would say hey Liv like are you okay how's everything going I think he knew things weren't going well instead of just kind of breaking my wall and saying you know what things are not going well and I'm not feeling confident here instead I acted like the tough one and I was like oh no it's fine everything's good Uh. all is well and then I ended up just I I totally it was like a self uh, I demolished myself It had nothing to do with anyone. I'm just in my head all the time. And I try to get through everything on my own like a tough girl. And I ended up just totally sabotaging myself. And this is not the first time that's happened. And unfortunately, it just happened on TV. Um, But yeah, I mean, I wish I would have let some walls down and like have been in the one time that he asked me to kind of talk about something that was has been hard for me in my life. I talked about my body image issues, and they edited it to make me look like a crazy person talking about my cankles. So that was a a rough moment for me because that was the one time that I kind of got a little bit emotional and talked about kind of my weaknesses, and it ended up getting spun and making me look like a crazy person. So um, I wish I had been more upfront with him about how much I was struggling because I was really struggling, and I felt like I was drowning. You know? That's probably... That was that was the truth. And and I felt like maybe I, I watched I watched Crystal and I thought she self-sabotage, too. You know, she she got overconfident and I, maybe they built her up that way or maybe she she just honestly felt confident, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I think then she started probably seeing him having feelings for other people and she just spun out. But, you know, she did women tell all a lot differently than I did. She kind of seemed a little bit unremorseful on women tell all, which is kind of the opposite where I said, look, I know I messed up and I know that I didn't do everything right here. Um, And I apologize if I, uh, when I heard, and I was also disappointed the fact that I got zero apologies at women tell all at all, but we went into it differently. So she, it kind of changed my opinion of her just a tad because she didn't seem apologetic. whereas I. Was like yeah, like that was. Bleh. I didn't like watching that. Whereas she kind of mm-hmm. looks like she enjoyed watching that, and what she had kind of said
1: and done. If that makes any sense, right? So. I'm sure everyone. Yeah, I, it's so interesting to me. You still haven't watched it. I would be. I <laughs> couldn't do that. I would. I would me I would be too curious. Maybe one
0: day. I mean. My Like my best friend, Brandy Cyrus, she hasn't watched it either. And she's like, I got to watch it because there's so many things like all of my best friends who have known me my entire life. They watched it and said it was the funniest thing ever that they were like, you this the stupid stuff you were saying, you're just awkward and trying to make people laugh and it doesn't work. Um, so like I was just proud that I went into it and was totally myself whether it was like ugly or pretty i just was like i'm gonna go for it um but yeah i mean it 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 something that's just like it would be like watching a scary movie a little bit like you want to be under the covers or watching it with like your hands (laughs) kind of spread out over your your eyes it was like a horror movie i feel like
1: that's what it would be (laughs) like (laughs) the the cut the side by side um edit on ari and lauren was like a horror movie it was
0: i mean the hallways yeah i can't imagine anyone wanting to watch that like oh, i don't want to watch i mean it was hard enough to watch myself like as a news anchor i would have to watch my clips and i'd be like oh god let alone me looking like a fool on a tv show like i remember watching the commercials of me and ben kissing and like dying inside like
1: it was horrible i hated it i just hated it (laughs) You'll never what about putting on that freaking outfit in Vegas, dude. <laughs> How did you're just like, I mean, oh my god, I would never. I mean, say, and then I loved it. I was at the time like I
0: was bodybuilding right before I started the show, so like my body was the best it's ever been, like tip-top shape. And yeah, I mean, the producer came over and said, "Hey, there's a cake here, and there's an outfit. And I remember they were trying to really get me to do sexy. Like, they wanted me to be like, la, la, sexy. And I was like, no, that's not me. Sorry. Like, I'll go up there and do some stupid kicks and some, you know, loser dumb stuff. Um, But, like, all the girls when I came, I remember I came out of the dressing room and all the girls were like, oh, my God, like, what are your parents going to think of this? And I was like, my mom is going to be so proud of me. My mom's, like, super theatrical, loves theater, and turns out that was, like, her favorite moment. She was so proud. She actually used a clip of that photo for my birthday picture on Twitter yesterday. (laughs) It was me jumping out of the cake, and on the cake she Photoshopped Happy birthday, Olivia, onto it and tweeted it out, and it's great. So yeah, that was like one of my most proud moments because I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Like, even if it's an epic fail, I'm going to freaking go for it, you know? And I did. That was one of my favorite moments. Immediately
1: afterwards, you were like, why did I do that? Yeah,
0: because and I think it was another situation where I had untold the producers about my body image issues and like how it's really hard for me to show my body. So maybe it was a convenient thing that they said, you know, you should get naked and dance in front of everyone because maybe they knew that I was going to have a panic attack like the minute it happened. Because immediately I get off stage and I start crying and I have cameras all over me following me mm-hmm. everywhere and I was like go away go away I just want to be alone and it made a crazy dramatic scene so maybe they had a feeling that was going to happen and one of them made some money by getting me in that outfit no, I don't know about that, that
1: <laughs> I mean but it is like I remember we were watching the Moulin Rouge date this this season um and my friends had a very like strong reaction which was like why did they put them in these super revealing outfits and no one seemed to give a shit they were just yeah. down for it and Hopefully, I, I hope they felt the way you did. Like, I'm proud to show off my body. But yeah. I, I Maybe it was, like, they had to do it. No, I, don't I mean, mean there, feel like they
0: were- well, the issue was, like, we there was, like, a little um, cart on the on the uh, stage. And, like, that was one of the only outfits on the stage. Um, Leah Block had taken the chicken costume. And there was, like, literally a, a bikini, and that was it. So I was like, shit. So I made sure. I mean, I was... I was comfortable with my body, and I really, like, proudly wanted to show that, you know, sure, I'm just going to go for it. But I, like, it it had a cape that I kept trying to, like, really pull around my body. Like, it was not something where I was like, oh, I cannot wait to strut in a bikini. But, you know, I also wanted to show my confidence, and uh, I don't even think Ben really noticed at all. So he was like, oh, God, this is so weird.
1: (laughs) Were girls there, like, we didn't talk about this, like, very conscious of, like, did you see girls – Eating a lot and like or were people oh, super God. healthy we or like ate, talking we ate about their buns?
0: so damn much like okay we all I would say gained probably like eight pounds because you're just emotional eating like they they I remember in the mansion they have um, like jars of Oreos and cookies and everything and the I, people just cooked all the time that was another thing in the mansion at least to pass the time we would just cook. In a that was something he's like he's like good at cooking. So he would make us b- breakfast, and it would be like this whole thing. And then as you start traveling, it's harder to like find food, but the the room service will come. The food is literally what we looked forward to all day, every day. Um, and there was never anyone who like didn't want food. And I we all just emotional ate the entire time. It was like a comfort, I think. You so know, it was like maybe people were conscious of that going on to it, but not once
1: they were there, because it was I don't just think so. I mean, I out. really, yeah.
0: because I was bodybuilding, I, I was just trying to stick to my diet as close as I could, you know, eating protein and, and chicken and um, not drinking. So I would say like I was the most food conscious um, and I don't eat red meat. So like I had to sometimes say I, I can't eat this or I can't eat that. But um, food was never, never an issue getting people to eat. It was like I probably gained we all gained weight easily, I would say, because there's no gym. So there's like no working out. So you're just like, oh, God, you feel so like you just want a sauna. They they
1: didn't give you guys like like little excursions to the gym ever.
0: No, there was um, before we started filming because we're at the hotel for like three, three or four days before we start filming. um, We could sign up for a 20 minute window. At the, at the gym, but the producer had to be in the room with us and like, we couldn't work out with, with like normal people. Um, and yeah, it was only 20 minutes. So it was really short. Um, and then there was at the hotel that we were at in uh, Vegas, there was a gym in there too. And I remember that they did let me go for a run for like 10 minutes one time, but there's like no workouts I remember we found a random dumbbell at a hotel at our hotel in Vegas. And so we would like do little squats in the room, but
1: (laughs) there's no gym. That's why Chad was lifting up his luggage, man.
0: He got creative. I mean, I wish I would have thought of that, but yeah, we had our one dumbbell and, uh, yeah, like that's it. So it's just funny. Yeah. There's so many little things that people don't even know about that. (laughs) It's goofy. It's so weird. Um, But yeah, I want to answer all of your questions. You got any more pressing questions?
1: (laughs) I feel like we've covered a lot, girl. We really have. I know I'm going to hang up and be like, damn it. What did, well, we can
0: always do a follow up. but, um, I could go on forever. I, I want you guys to, to get Amy's book bachelor nation. It's, it's stupid. Good. And it's, it's good for the bachelor contestant and for the person who's just curious about how this show works. Um, It's awesome. There's so many juicy tidbits. I love the juice in here. It is good. (laughs) One, do you have like a favorite juice tidbit? Do you have a favorite little part of this entire book? Um,
1: This can sound cheesy, but I just, I, my favorite part is like getting to know you guys. It It was like knowing that it's not real. Like, or that you know, it's, I mean, it's real. It's just so exaggerated, and to know that there's so many sides to every person, I—I I, made me feel better. Honestly, I was like, "Oh, no one's that different from me that I'm seeing on the television." I love like that. And like, I loved like getting to know the the villains, like someone like you. I mean, it's just refreshing and. I also like seeing that people who've had bad experiences, because there are a lot of them. And of course there's people who have good experiences. Yeah. But can come out on the other side and like have such good perspective on it. Like yeah. you do.
0: That's so cool. Uh, I love it.
1: I don't, yeah. I don't have a good tidbit though. What's a good tidbit. I mean, I don't know. Th- there's
0: just so many. I loved learning about like how much people are making for these weddings and learning about kind of the, the pressures to get engaged,
1: um, okay. how tough I mean, it is like after engagement. Story. I liked the story of like Chris Bukowski talking about wanting to like, uh, what's it called? Rehab his image so much that he was literally willing almost to propose to someone he didn't even <laughs> l- love, let alone barely liked. Yeah. So that was crazy.
0: the pressure. It's, it's just incredible. It's called bachelor nation inside the world of America's favorite guilty pleasure. Go get it, order it. Can people just order it everywhere?
1: yep everywhere everywhere uh yep on you can find me on twitter on amyk in la and then i will tweet everything about it
0: i love it i can't wait and i'll send you this link for the pod when it's out on tuesday um i've i've had so much fun talking to you and i would love to yeah i'm so continue. glad to get to know you. yeah it's been you're- great
1: i know you can't <laughs>
0: I'm, there. I'm sometimes there. I'm actually going to Coachella in April. So maybe I'll come for a few days earlier and we can have like a five Ooh. hour lunch and talk about everything. Yes. You have to come watch Bachelor with my friends and I. They I would love, love that. I would love that. Yes. I'm all about it. But yeah, everyone buy the book. Go go online, search it. You'll find it. And it's great. And keep watching the show, but just maybe do it with a different eye. Learn exactly. other things and be nice to these people who are being experimented on basically <laughs>
1: okay get back
0: to your life thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it
1: thank you i'm, I'm sad we didn't get to meet in nashville i know I, there. I, was, I know like work for outdoor and do like a huge career oh show you it. go girl <laughs> no stick with thank this you. i
0: think i think this is just the beginning for you we'll
1: see this is really um, good well, seriously keep in touch like
0: i'll send you my number. And totally. Yeah. Uh, actually, chat it to me right after this on Skype and I'll save it in my phone. Cool? All
1: right. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, hon.
0: Bye.